ready for a new week, Chester? Monday, Monday. Ah, yeah. We love our Mondays, don't (laughs) Everybody loves Monday, don't they? I record this early in the morning on Monday, and of course it doesn't get released until uh, uh, late in the afternoon, at least in the Midwest and the East. But um, hope you made it through your Monday. I hope you're uh, feeling great feeling good. I hope the nice fall weather is with you as it is here in the uh, greater St. Louis area. Beautiful, beautiful weather we're having right now. Welcome to the best old time radio podcast. This is Bob Bro, and Mondays we play a comedy. And what we have for you this week is an episode of the George Burns and Gracie Allen show, which was originally broadcast back in November of 1946. And the guest star on this one is Frank Sinatra. And there's all kinds of good things that happen in this, uh, in this story tonight. And I'm not even going to try to tell you everything ahead of time because that would just ruin things, right? But we will talk a little bit about uh, a number of things uh, at the end of the song or at the end of the show. One of the things I really like about this episode is Frank Sinatra sings the September song. Uh, in this show, and I just love that song. And we'll talk a little bit about that afterwards. And what else? Of course, uh, this features um, Bill Goodwin is the announcer. Frank Sinatra is the guest, Georgia Gracie. Also in this one, we have Mel Blank as Mr. Postman. We have Meredith Wilson, who was the band leader and, of course, uh, is known so well for the music man. And you'll notice a little uh, nod or tip of the hat to Iowa (laughs) in the show tonight. He mentions that his sister is in Mason City, Iowa. Well, of course, the music man took place in River City, Iowa, uh, which is a fictitious town. But we have spent a little time up in Iowa along the Mississippi banks. And it's, it's just a really a great, great place to visit. So you might notice that in the show tonight. So why don't you settle back, get yourselves comfortable, help yourself to the refreshments, get the feet up, and uh, we're going to get started in just a minute. Monday, Monday, can't trust that day. Monday, Monday, it just turns out that way. Another cup of Maxwell House coffee, George? Uh, sure. Pour me a cup, Gracie. You know, Maxwell House is always good to the last drop. And that drop's good, too. Yes, it's Maxwell House coffee time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Yours truly, Bill Goodwin, the music of Meredith Wilson and his orchestra, our happy postman, and our special guest, star of the old gold show, Frank Sinatra. It's morning in the Burns home, and Gracie, the housewife, has cleared away the breakfast dishes. Now Gracie, the newspaper columnist, is ready to clear away the problems of the world. My, the paper is full of news this morning. 
I hardly know which item to explain to the readers of my column. You explain the news to them? Oh, yes. Everyone doesn't have my uncanny grasp of world affairs. I'm not the average person, George. That I've known for years. <laughs> Some people have the minds of children, and it's my duty to guide them. I see. What would you like to know, dear? <laughs> not a thing. Nothing at all. Now, you take the elections last Tuesday. Do you realize how confused those poor Republicans must be who got elected? I'll bet some of them wind up in Seattle and Tacoma. <laughs> Seattle and Tacoma? Yes. They've been out so long, they won't know which Washington to go to. <laughs> A shrewd observation. Well, so much for politics. Mm. Now let's turn to football. Now, Gracie, you know nothing about football. I don't, eh? Well, I can show Army a trick play that'll beat Notre Dame. What? Well, just before the game, Army drafts all the Notre Dame players. <laughs> I wouldn't let that get around. Mm. Now, so much for football. Let's turn to the entertainment news. Oh, no. Oh, listen to this. Artie Shaw is honeymooning with Kathleen Windsor, the girl who wrote Forever Amber. Well, as usual, the man gets all the breaks. What do you mean? Well, he can have a wonderful time reading her book, but what if she can't play the clarinet? <laughs> I wouldn't let it worry me. Yeah. Oh, here's an interesting item. Frank Sinatra is going to sing at the Waldorf Hotel in New York. The kid really gets plenty of work. Yeah, and I can't understand it. Well, you're twice the singer he is. Oh, Gracie. Oh, I realize it's not his fault. He gets tones that are thin and hollow because his chest is thin and hollow. <laughs> but, but you get tones that are low and round because Don't your chest... Don't finish it. Don't finish it. <laughs> hey, you like a flash. That hotel should have hired you to sing. Though April showers may come your way, they bring flowers that bloom in May. Those golden notes will come pouring out of you like Democrats out of Congress. <laughs> oh, excuse me, dear. I'll see who's at the door. Good morning, Missy Burns. Here's your mail. Oh, thank you, Mr. Postman. Uh-oh. A bill from the butcher shop. Yes, there's another installment due on that pound of bacon we bought. <laughs> Prices are high, aren't they? Yes, and I could use more money. And that's what annoys me about George. My husband could be a big movie star. Don't tell me you're still trying to get him to replace Clark Gable. <laughs> well, wouldn't George be perfect for the Hucksters? I didn't read the book. What's it all about? Well, it's about radio advertising, Mr. Postman. Oh, I love radio advertising. It's five o'clock. <laughs> Say, that's right. Most radio advertising is sung these days, isn't it? Oh, yes. Langendorf is just a bit for you. A bit for you. Bit for you. Bit for you. Oh, Mr. Postman. Mm -hmm. That oxidol spark. <laughs> You've given me an idea. The man who plays the lead in the Hucksters will have to be a singer. So? So, this makes George the logical choice. The man doesn't breathe who can sing better than George Burns. 
How about Frank Sinatra? Mm, well, I can't quite decide. If he's better? No, if he breathes. <laughs> well, I'm glad I cheered you up, Mrs. Burns. Oh, I'm eternally grateful to you, Mr. Postman. Thanks to you, George will make the picture. Would you like to see the sneak preview? No, just tell him hello for me. <laughs> well, goodbye, Mrs. Burns. You remember, keep smiling. What is it, Gracie? What are you so excited about? Oh, George, fate has played right into your throat. Hmm? Clark Gable is automatically eliminated from the Hucksters. The leading man will have to be a singer. How come? Well, it's all about radio advertising. And that's nothing but singing commercials. Say, that's right. Get your hat. You're going right over to MBM and audition. MBM? After they hear you sing, it'll be Metro Burns Mayor. <laughs> Okay, I'll do April showers for them. <coughs> Gee, I hope I don't get excited and forget the words. Well, I'll be there to prompt you, darling. Though April showers may come your way. What do they bring, George? Do they bring weeds, dandelions? They bring the flowers that bloom in May. <laughs> and though it's raining. Well, what's your attitude toward that precipitation? Have no regrets. Why this astonishing view of the matter? Because it is raining rain, you know. It's raining violets <laughs> And when you see clouds Where? Up on a hill What are they? You only see crowds Yes? Of daffodils <laughs> Would you like me to keep my eyes peeled for some type of bird? So keep looking for a bluebird And listening for his own When, George? During the dry season? Whenever. During the summer? Whenever. April. During the winter? Whenever. January? When? February? When? March? Oh, quiet. <laughs> whenever April showers come up. Short? Medium? Long. <laughs> oh, and people think Sinatra can sing. Why, uh... Hey, that's right, Sinatra. We haven't got a chance. Why, what do you mean? He's under contract to MGM. If it's going to be a musical, they'll use him. But you're better than Sinatra. I know, but he's under contract. <laughs> if you had a plumber living in your house, would you call in an outsider to fix a drip? Frankie's, Frankie's in and I'm out. Well, we'll take care of that. So, Mr. Sinatra's the plumber, is he? Thinks he's can handle a drip, does he? Well, he hasn't met George Burns. I should say not. Buckle down, Winsaki, buckle down. You know, Meredith, a football song like that comes along, people sing it down the ears, and after a while, you almost get to feel Winsaki really exists. Well, it does, in a way, Bill. After all, what's Winsaki but a nice musical eight-letter word for alma mater? True. The boys out in New Haven call it Yale. In South Bend, it's Notre Dame. And in these parts, they spell it UCLA. But it's still Winsaki. Yes, I guess you're right, Meredith. And any Saturday afternoon this time of year... In college stadiums the country over, this Winsaki business gets to have a special meaning. Helps you understand why college football has long been such a colorful and thrilling part of the American scene.
Well, here you are, Gracie. This is Frank Sinatra's house. Oh, thanks for driving me over, Meredith. How did you find his house so easily? All us members of the Sinatra fan club know where Frankie Boy lives. You're a member? Sure. Kind of wish they hadn't passed that rule that at meetings everyone had to wear sweaters, skirts, and bobby socks. I felt a little conspicuous. Oh, I should think you would. Yeah, one of my bobby socks had a hole in it. Well, thanks again, Meredith. I'm going in now and convince Frankie that he should leave town. What for? Well, so his studio won't be able to reach him... And they'll have to let George play the lead in that picture. Oh, well, good luck. Oh, uh, uh, Gracie, don't forget your package. Oh, yes, that's some baby clothes. A little gift for Frankie's boy. If my first plan fails, I can always soften him up with that. Uh, goodbye, Meredith. Bye. Oh, now, let's see. I'll tell Frankie that he should get out of town for a rest. I'll convince him that he looks tired and weak. <laughs> Thank goodness I have nature on my side. <laughs> Yes? Oh, hello, Gracie. Hello, little boy. I'd like to see Frank Sinatra. Gracie, don't you recognize me? I'm Frank Sinatra. Oh, oh you poor boy, I didn't know you. You've wasted away to nothing. I have? Oh, yes, your bones have lost so much weight. <laughs> But Gracie... And your neck, Frankie. Your neck is just hanging there in folds. And it's all covered with spots. That's my bow tie, Gracie. Oh. Well, anyway, you ought to get away for a little rest. Yeah. I have been working pretty hard at that. Maybe I should go away to some resort. Oh, sure. How about Africa? <laughs> Africa? Oh, you'd love it, Frankie. It's not as crowded as Palm Springs. Yeah, I know, but... Uh... Oh, all the smart people are going there. The Frank Bucks, Tarzan and his mate, Doctor and Mrs. Livingston, I presume. <laughs> I'm sorry, Gracie. I'm not going to Africa. Suppose the cannibals grab me. Well, what if they do? Why should we be the only ones to have a meat shortage? <laughs> Well, just the same, I am not going to Africa. Well, then go to India. Whatever you do, don't stay at MGM. Don't stay at MGM? Yeah, well, yes. Uh, th that's a place in India. Uh, the uh, Mahatma Gandhi Motel. <laughs> oh, uh, don't stay there. The rooms are terrible. Well, first of all, I have no intention of going to India. Excuse me just a moment, Gracie, while I answer the door. Good afternoon, Mr. Sinatra. Here's your mail. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Postman. You want to hear something funny? What's that? They're going to make a big musical at your studio, and Mrs. Burns thinks her husband would be better for the lead than you. Oh. <laughs> now I catch on. That's why she's been trying to send me out of town. If she had succeeded, that would have been bigger news than Man Bites Dog. <laughs> How do you mean that? Woman sends Sinatra. <laughs> well, goodbye, Frankie Moy. Remember, keep smiling. Oh, Gracie. Wanting me to go to Africa, that had nothing to do with putting George in a picture. <laughs> Who told you? The postman told me. Is it true? I can't look into your sweet, innocent, boyish face and lie to you. 
Gracie, tell me, do you really think George is a better singer than I am? Oh, well, let's face it, Frankie, he is. I realize they call you the voice, but they call George Sugarthroat. Of course, in fairness to you, I haven't heard you sing lately. Why don't you run through a number right now so I can make a comparison? Yeah. When I was a young man courting the girls, I played me a waiting game. If ever a maid refused me with curls, I let the old earth take a couple of words while I plied her with tears in lieu of pearls. And as time came around, she came my way. As time came around, she came. For it's a long, long while from May to December. But the days grow short when you. September and the autumn weather turns the leaves to flame and I haven't got time for the waiting game The days dwindle down To a precious few September with you these precious days I'll spend with you What did you think of it, Gracie? Well, Frank, before you sang, I thought maybe George was better, but now that I've heard you... Yes? I'm sure of it. <laughs> well, even so, but I can't understand why you'd go to such lengths to get George a job. Well, no, I guess you don't understand how a woman feels. Well, goodbye, Frankie. Oh, wait a minute. You forgot your package. Here, I'll... Uh... Oh, I'm sorry, Gracie. I dropped it. Why, Gracie... It's baby clothes. Yes, I know. I didn't tell you before, but I... You're gonna have a baby. <laughs> I am? I see it all now. You wanted George to have the job for the baby's sake. Uh, yes. That's wonderful. You wanted the little fella to grow up and be proud of his daddy. Uh, yes. What if you did resort to trickery? You were prompted by that noblest of all emotions, mother love. Yes. Gracie, 
You've helped me see the light. Well, you've been pretty big help yourself. <laughs> Just wait till my wife hears this. Hey, Nancy! Hey, Nancy! Oh, that's right. She can't hear me from here. She's in the den listening to Crosby Records. But we'll... <laughs> well, Frank, now that you know everything, uh, George can do the picture, can't he? You bet he can. Yes, siree. Bye, George. Gracie... Maybe we've got some baby things that you can use. Well, uh, uh... You tell Nancy to give you those three-cornered pants she put in my shirt drawer. I'd be glad to get rid of them, believe oh. me. No, no, Frankie, the baby's things are enough. We can't take your clothes, too. Well, you talk to Nancy. She's right there in the den. Oh, all right. Thanks for everything. <coughs> what am I waiting for? I gotta go over and congratulate George. He's gonna have a baby. Well, I'll be done. Here comes Frank Sinatra up the walk. I wonder if Gracie talked him into letting me have the picture. Come in. George, old man, congratulations. You mean Gracie talked to you and I'm gonna have it? You sure are, kid Well, this is just a start If the first one turns If the first one turns out all right I may go on a regular schedule of two a year Two a year? Yeah Oh, but George, you can't do that Sure I can All I have to do is sing a couple of songs Well, to each his own. <laughs> but those are in the future. Let's talk about this one. I hope it's as good as your last one, Frankie. Yeah, I was, uh, I was kind of proud of that one myself. <laughs> Say, uh, I don't remember. Was that one Technicolor? <laughs> Technicolor? Well, uh, yes, George, in a way, yes. You see, it was sort of red in spots. But your baby will be, too, you know. Baby? What baby? The baby Gracie's gonna have. Oh, that baby. What? <laughs> My wife was gonna have a baby? You mean you didn't know? Of course I didn't know. She didn't tell me. Oh, but George, you should have guessed it. Haven't you noticed her acting rather strangely? Frank, if acting strangely meant Gracie was gonna have a baby, I'd be Papa Dion. <laughs> well, sir, now you know, George. That's why Gracie is so anxious for you to play the lead in that picture. She wants you to make good for Junior. She. Well, George, I think that... Oh, Frankie, you're here. Honey, Frankie just told me you're going to have a baby. Well, so he told me. I, I mean, so I told him. Gee, you mean I'm going to be a father? And you're going to be a mother? Well, isn't that the usual arrangement? <laughs> me a father. Gee, I'm... I'm all excited. Here, sweetheart, have a cigar. No. I mean, how about a kiss, Frankie? No. I mean, have a cigar, Frankie. Oh, calm down, George. Come in. Hello, all. Hello, Meredith. Have a cigar. Oh, Meredith, have you met Frank Sinatra? Uh, not formally, but we have met. We have? Yes. Remember the time those Bobby Soxers mobbed you in Glendale and started tearing your clothes off? Oh, yeah, I remember. I had to jump over a fence to get away. Well, I got the part of your suit that went over the fence last. Um, 
Curtis, I'm sorry, but we haven't time to visit with you now. Frank is taking George to the studio to get started on that picture. <laughs> oh, that gift for Frankie's baby did it, huh? What gift? Uh, oh, uh, goodbye, Meredith. No, the baby clothes for your little boy. That was for my baby? Uh, goodbye, Meredith. I, I hear your sister calling you. My sister's in Mason City, Iowa. <laughs> Loud voice, hasn't she? Well, uh, goodbye, Meredith. Just a minute, Gracie. Something tells me you are not going to have a baby at all. I'm not going to have a baby? Oh, <laughs> well, it almost worked. Gracie, you mean I'm... I'm... I'm not going to be a father? I'm afraid not. Boys, give me back my cigars. <laughs> Join us again next week when we'll all be back. George Burns, Gracie Allen, Meredith Wilson and his orchestra, and yours truly, Bill Goodwin. Our guest will be Luella Parsons. And the following week, Clark Gable. Frank Sinatra appeared through the courtesy of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer. See him soon until the clouds roll by. Good night, folks. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. So there you go, a Burns and Allen from November 7th, 1946. They were just in their stride. They were really hitting their stride, and uh, they had a lot of big guest stars on their show. George and Gracie had been married for a number of years, and for um, the first several years of their show, George played a, a single playboy, and Gracie was a, a, a gal in the office. <clears throat> Excuse me. The um, concept, though, started to wear a little thin, and ratings started going down. And one night, George, who was the businessman, just came right out and said to the audience ahead of time, Ladies and gentlemen, Gracie and I have been married for a number of years. We have children. From now on, on the show, we're a married couple. And just like that, he changed the format of the show, and the show was a big success. <laughs> Gutsy move. Just a couple of things in there. First of all, they talked about the uh, the movie The Hucksters and how it was going to be a musical. The Hucksters was never a, a musical. I don't know what that was about. Uh, there was a song introduced in it, but then, you know, it was just one song. As far as I'm aware, I've never seen the film. It was uh, produced in 1947. It's a World War II drama. Well, no, it's not. It doesn't take place in World War II. It takes place right after World War II. And it's about a veteran who wants to return to the advertising industry on his own terms, but finds it difficult to be successful and still maintain his integrity. Listen to this cast. It had Clark Gable, Deborah Carr, Sidney Greenstreet, Adolph Manjou, Ava Gardner, Keenan Wynn, and Edward Arnold. <laughs> pretty, pretty good cast. So I don't think George would have fit in there. Also, did you notice that... Uh, uh, Bill Goodwin and Meredith Wilson were talking about uh, the Winsocky fight song, you know, kind of the old college college fight song. Well, that song was introduced in a 1941 play entitled uh, Best Foot Forward. It ran for 326 performances, so that was a pretty successful play. It starred June Allison and Nancy Walker, but neither one of them were well-known at the time. But the play was successful enough that they made a movie out of it starring Lucille Ball 
and June Allison and Nancy Walker were asked to reprise their roles. Um, one of the songs in the play was Buckle Down Winsaki, and it was a big hit. The play was about a prep school called Winsaki, where a student invites a Hollywood movie star to be his prom date, and surprisingly, she accepts. Anyway, this is what the song sounded like, and it later became a big hit. Does that sound familiar? That sounded familiar to me. Uh, it was used in a couple of presidential campaigns in the uh, 47-48 campaign that eventually uh, Truman won. There was a third-party candidate by the name of Harry Wallace, or Henry Wallace, excuse me. And he used that song, changed the lyrics to We Can Win with Wallace, we, blah, blah, blah. And then 12 years later, Richard Nixon used it when he was running against John F. Kennedy. Uh, his campaign changed the lyrics to Buckle Down with Nixon. Buckle down with Nixon. Buckle down. So there you have it. That's the story of that song. And then finally, there's the September song, which uh, really has become a classic. It, it's an American standard. It's popular. It, it, it was composed by Kurt Wheel. Is that the way he pronounces it, or wild? The, the lyrics were by Maxwell Anderson. It was introduced by Walter Houston in a play, a Broadway play, a musical in 1938. The name of the musical was Knickerbocker Holiday. Knickerbocker. And of course, it's been recorded by numerous singers and instrumentalists. The song uses as a metaphor a year as equal to a lifetime. In other words, it compares one year to a person's entire lifespan. Interesting. Frank Sinatra cut an album in 1965 entitled September of My Years, and that same metaphor is used on three songs in that album. And we're going to play the other two as we go out tonight. So I guess that's just about going to do it for us. And I hope you enjoyed George and Gracie. Next time we play one of their shows, we'll talk a little bit more about their early history. It's a fascinating story. All right, everybody, we'll be back tomorrow with our drama on Tuesday. But uh, until then, this is Bob Bro. I am so glad you stopped by, and I'm so glad you met me. Again, we're going to go out with two songs from that album that uh, Frank Sinatra sang. Both of these are kind of melancholy, so I hope I don't put you on a downer. And now we're going to end up with a, uh, a reprise of the September song, only... This one by a different singer, and it's my favorite version of that song. Bye-bye, everybody. One day you turn around And it's summer Next day you turn around And it's fall and the springs and the winters of a lifetime Whatever happened to them all As a man who has always had 
the wandering ways now I'm reaching back for yesterday till a long forgotten love appears and I find that I'm sighing softly as I near September the warm September of my years as a man who has never paused At wishing wells Now I'm watching children's carousels And their laughter's music to my ears And I find That I'm smiling gently as I'm near September The warm September of my years The golden warm September It was a very good year It was a very good year For small town girls And soft summer nights We'd hide from the light On the village green When I was seventeen When I was twenty-one With all that perfumed hair 
And it came undone When I was twenty-one It was a very good year It was a very good year For blue-blooded girls of independent means We'd ride in limousines Their chauffeurs would drive When I was 35 But now the days are short I'm in the autumn of the year And now I think of my life As vintage wine from fine old kegs From the brim to the dregs Sweet and clear It was a very good year As a young man caught in the girls, I played me a waiting game. If a maid refused me with tossing curls, I let the old earth take a couple of worlds while I plied her with tears and lure of pearls. And as time came around, she came my way. And as time came around, She came Oh, it's a long, long while From May to December But the days grow short When you reach September When the autumn weather Turns the leaves to flame One hasn't got time 
for the waiting game. Oh, the days dwindled down to a precious few. September, November. And these few precious days I'll spend with you. These precious days I'll spend with you. Precious days I'll spend with you. These precious days I'll spend with you. 